Do you need help? And if so, why are you not getting it? Why is it so hard to ask for help? I know that for me, in some instances, I'm very able to ask for help. But there are other instances where I have this kind of physical reaction, this pulling back, this feeling of unease in asking for help. And I've broken up my thoughts about this topic into two episodes because I think that it is important to focus on the two elements of asking for help individually. In today's conversation, we're going to look at the reasons why it might be hard for us to ask for help. I love being curious about myself and about what is going on for me in a situation and looking at the intricacies, the elements behind why I am feeling a certain way. So with this instance, I'm fascinated by why there is this resistance to asking for help and looking at this in terms of how it then impacts my life. And then with that awareness, it always makes the next step of choosing to do something different just that little bit easier when we know why we are feeling or behaving or thinking in a certain way. So in this episode, part one, we will be looking at why it is hard to ask for help. And then next week, in the next episode, we'll look at how we can move out of that that kind of sticky, resistant place and begin to ask for help in a way that we actually then get it. I think sometimes we think we're asking for help or we ask for help in a way that we don't get it. I really invite you, even if you think you don't have a problem asking for help, to stay tuned today because you more than likely might benefit from these episodes as well. And I'm really excited to to share and to spend some time myself thinking about asking for help and practicing it a little bit more. I just also wanted to share a review, our first review that I'm sharing of the Managing Mum podcast. It's been so lovely reading your reviews. It just makes such a difference. It keeps me motivated. It lets me know that I'm making an impact. So if you do enjoy this podcast, if you get something out of it, please do leave me a review. It's the best thing for me. It really is. So here is the review from one of this week's listeners, which I just loved to see. Listening to this podcast, I found I could relate to so many of the feelings and emotions that Charlotte was sharing in this episode, whether it was emotional or physical heaviness or lightness. I was hooked at the line, let's learn how to juggle. Charlotte was so vulnerable and open, which made me feel safe. And I'm so looking forward to her help in learning how to manage being a mum and what comes with it. Thank you, Charlotte. I'm so thrilled to hear that I'm in this journey of learning how to juggle with you. And I'm really, really hope that this episode might help, <laughs> help, just help you in managing that juggle just that little bit more so that you can find some joy, you can find some peace, you can find some ease, you can be in the moment and just be present. Are you feeling overrun and wrung out by the juggle of being a working mum? Do you just wish that you could be calmer and more patient at work and when you come home to your family, but there are so many things that need to be done and there are so many expectations on you? Do you wish you just had the space and the time and the capacity to be able to make choices that you know would leave you feeling healthier and happier, but you just don't have 
any wiggle room. Welcome to the Managing Mum podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte, a working mum of two with a very busy, very active life. As a qualified personal trainer and a well-being coach, and as a mum who has felt all of these things, my aim is to help you learn how to manage the juggle so that you can feel healthier and happier and lighter, and you can build great relationships at work and at home, and so that you can move closer to that ever-elusive work-life balance. While I may well offer suggestions such as taking a bubble bath, I'm also going to help you figure out how to do it without feeling guilty. So run that bath, tie up your mum bun, and lock the bathroom door. We're learning how to juggle. So as I have mentioned, there are some instances where I am completely fine with asking for help. Absolutely don't mind doing it. And then there are other instances where I find it incredibly difficult. When it comes to my husband, I can easily ask for help. In fact, I probably ask for help too much from his point of view. And this sometimes does end up in disaster because he feels like I am instructing him rather than asking for help. But I also just keep saying to him, wouldn't you rather I asked for help than I sat here feeling resentful about the fact that I'm doing it all by myself? And I'll talk about this probably a little bit later. But my point is here that with my husband, I am very willing and very able to ask for help. However, when it comes to other areas or other people, I really struggle to ask for help. One of these areas is with my parents. And you will be able to see how the difference between my relationship with my husband and my relationship with my parents um, comes into play in this a little bit later. But it's been an interesting road of curiosity and digging into this one for me. And I think there's probably still a a bit more work to do on that. But I do think asking for help or seeing help being given is such an interesting thing. I mean, we love stories about spontaneous help. And I mean, this probably explains why we'll watch random acts of kindness on social media. You know, random acts of kindness on social media go viral because we really just do love seeing this kind of thing happen. But really, the majority of help only happens after it's been asked for, I think. And I really believe that this is not because people don't necessarily want to help and they have to be kind of forced or cajoled into doing so. I do think that mostly people do want to help, but they can't help if they don't know what we're struggling with or what we need or how they can help in the way that we need it. And I think that the real issue here is that we don't let people know that we're struggling or that we need it, that we need help. We don't ask for help. So before we look at how to ask for help in next week's episode, I think the first port of call is to understand why it is hard to ask for help. Why is it so difficult in general? There are a few reasons, I think, why it's so difficult to ask for help. And then specifically looking at being curious about why it's so hard for us specifically to ask for help. You might be thinking, well, why do I need to know why I can't ask for help? And I really believe that it is important because when we understand what we're feeling, we're able to look at it a little bit 
more objectively. The way that we feel about asking for help is not a part of us. It's not a part of our personality. It's not a part of who we are. It's actually a response to the stories we've heard and the beliefs that we have developed or learned about what it means to ask for help. So when we do a little bit of a dive into what's going on for us, what are the beliefs and stories that we have, we can then look at them a little bit more impartially, a little bit more objectively, and they have less of a hold over us. And when they have less of that hold over us, it gives us just that little bit more space, that little bit more room to actually then choose, okay, well, what am I going to do about this situation? These are the beliefs that I have. These are the stories I have. What do I want to believe? Or what do I need to believe in order to change the way that I feel or the way that I behave? So I'm going to offer a few reasons why we struggle to ask for help. And you will probably find that one of these reasons fits for you or a few of them fit for you. So think about it as you listen. See which feels like you. If you're not sure at the end of this why it's hard for you to ask for help, take some time to journal about it. Write it out or go and speak to a coach to help you build your awareness around this because I, I really think that awareness is the first step to them being able to make a change. But hopefully what I'm about to say here might help you and might bring some clarity for you. The first reason we don't ask for help is because we don't want to appear as incompetent or weak. I put this as number one because I know this one only too well. Research has shown that from really early childhood, we, we learn to be afraid of asking for help. We may not remember the exact instances of this, but somewhere along the line, the response we got to asking for help was a negative one. And the research also suggests, specifically research from Stanford doctoral student Kayla Good, she found that children as young as seven can hold the belief that it is incompetent and weak to ask for help. I think that this is absolutely heartbreaking, but it also explains that we've probably felt this way for a very, very, very long time. And so we have got into this habit that comes around this belief that we can't be incompetent or weak, of not asking for help, of having to do it all ourselves, of having to look strong and capable. And what this has done for me, just learning about this, has made me so aware of the space that I am creating for my own children to be able to ask for help. I, I see it in my son when he gets so frustrated when he can't do something. And how do I create a space, an environment where it is okay for him to ask for help without feeling incompetent and weak? We live in a world of shoulds, that word should, that has been built up as a result of these experiences that we've had. I should do this. I should be able to do this. I should manage this. If you think that you should be the one to do all the caregiving tasks at home, or you should shoulder the majority of work on a project at work, these shoulds 
belong to someone else. They are someone else's value system that has become the story that's playing out in your head. Someone else's value system that was projected onto you through childhood that has now become the narrative that you live by. We've, been, we've built up this narrative over years of hearing various stories of creating a perception of what is right. And when we act on our shoulds instead of our wants or rather our needs, it can lead to resentment, it can lead to burnout. And in the end, this actually makes us unable to perform effectively. It makes us unable to carry what we want to carry and do what we want to do and be at our best. It almost gets us to that point of being incompetent and weak that we're so desperately striving not to be by not asking for help. I think that these shoulds, again, are built solidly on the premise that so often asking for help is associated with failure. To ask for help means to fail the expectations we've set for ourselves. And you can go back to the episode on failure to look at how failure means not meeting the expectations we've set for ourselves or the ones we perceive others have set for us. So our sense of failing is just not meeting those expectations. And we feel shame and judgment when we don't know it all or we can't do it all. There are these neural pathways that have been trodden for the past however many years that have created this this belief, this story that we need to be able to do that. And so when we don't meet these expectations of ourselves, we feel this failure. And to ask for help can highlight this sense of failure, this feeling of failure, this feeling that we just haven't been able to do all the things that we should. As I've said, I 100% recognize myself in this category. One of the main reasons I don't ask for help is that I don't want to appear weak. I don't like feeling incompetent. And I certainly think that this is the issue when it comes to asking specifically for help from my parents, but also from others who I struggle to ask for help from. I, I want them to think the best of me. I want them to see me as someone who can do it all. I want them to perceive me in a certain way that I think is the way that I should be. I have an idea that by doing it all by myself, by managing it all, by having it all seemingly working, they will have this perception of me. Whew, but it is such hard work to keep this facade up. Oh my gosh, I find myself running from A to B, doing all the things, keeping everyone happy, fulfilling all the needs so that I perceive that I am fulfilling the perception I want them to have of me. I mean, how ridiculous and how completely exhausting. And yet it is the cycle that I find myself in over and over again. So it's interesting, in the instance of asking for help from my husband, there's a different belief here. I clearly don't mind him seeing me as incompetent or weak. This is a relationship where I'm able to show him that I'm struggling or that I've made a mistake or that I can't actually manage. 
This is easy when it comes to, for instance, the what we might call the blue task, for which I perhaps believe that those tasks are a man's role and so it's okay to ask him to do this. But it's not always so easy for us when we are doing the things that we think we should be doing. I've learned in my home, however, that I also want to be a certain way. I want to show up in a certain way. I want to be calm. I want to be at ease. I want to be not resentful. If I want to be like that, I can't do it all. I can't shoulder it all. So it's easy for me to ask him for help. But it's also obviously a safe place where I am not trying to portray a certain image. And he knows and accepts me completely. But there are obviously for me other situations where I clearly feel more pressure to portray this this image of managing it all, of being in control, of having it all together, of remembering everything, of being able to do it all. And in these situations, it's so much harder to ask for help. One of the times I have noticed when I don't ask my husband for help is, is when, oh, it's so embarrassing, when I want to show him how much I am doing, when I'm trying to perhaps look for his affirmation or for his approval or something and I notice in these instances I race around I I put on this flustered appearance of look at me look at me I'm doing it all don't worry you just sit here and I'll run around you and actually in the end me doing that doesn't work out for any of us because then I really am resentful of him he doesn't know what the issue is I shout at the children I can't focus on my work And he's looking at me as if I'm completely crazy. And if I had just asked him for help, things would have been so much easier for all of us. So reason number two why we don't ask for help is that we might be concerned about being rejected. And this can be incredibly embarrassing and it can be incredibly painful. I do think that this is linked to point number one. And I I really think that being afraid of being shunned or rejected if we ask for help also comes from the experiences we've had of asking for help in the past. In relationships where we fear that people will think something negative of us and this might cause them to reject us, it can make it incredibly difficult for us to ask for help. Again, we might have a perception, though, of getting a negative response when we ask for this help. We might, due to our experiences, have this expectation that I'm going to ask this person for help or if I do ask this person for help, they will shun me, they will reject me, they will do so perhaps because they think I'm incompetent or weak or they will just do so because whatever their reasoning might be. And there's this huge fear of being rejected, of being shunned, of feeling the embarrassment and the pain of that experience. Another negative response we might get is what we perceive as resentment from the other person. So this kind of rejection or this resentment. My my husband hopefully won't mind me saying this, but he has at times actually requested that I stop instructing him to do so much of the household tasks. He is 
possibly feeling a bit of resentment towards me for asking him for so much help. And so in this sense, I have had my own reaction to his reactivity and we've had to work it out so that I've had to learn to ask for help in a better manner. But I've also learned and realized that this is some of his own stuff that causes him to react in this way. And I don't need to carry that burden. I don't need to carry the burden of his reaction, of his perhaps a little bit of resentment to me for asking for so much help. I do just need to learn to ask in a way that respects him and sees that perhaps he cannot be asked to do four tasks all at the same time and in quick succession. He needs to be asked to do things in a certain way, at a certain pace, and then he won't feel like he's being instructed. But his reaction to my asking for help is not about me. It's not a rejection. It's not a shunning. It's just a request perhaps for me to do so in a different way. Reason number three we don't ask for help is we might be concerned about burdening or inconveniencing others. We are, as humans, hardwired to want to do things on our own and to be independent. I mean, we notice this. I, I see this so much right now in my little three-year-old daughter. She has recently wanted to do everything for herself. And if I do it, we have to go back and we have to do it all over again, which is very frustrating. But she is finding her independence. And then there is this wonderful confidence in her and surety in her, which I'm really, really trying hard not to squash, especially when we're in a rush to get to school in the morning. But as we grow up, we might feel that this independence, this um, needing to do everything on our own becomes more because we feel that people have their own worries to take care of, so ours aren't necessarily significant. We don't want to bother anybody. If you don't ask for help because you don't want to bother anyone, know that asking for help is actually an incredible act of strength, and it's an, an act of generosity. People want to have the opportunity to support us. They might feel helpless watching us struggle, they might feel like, as I've said before earlier, they, they don't know where to step in and where to help. And we can be incredibly generous by giving people the opportunity to help us. And at this point of being concerned about burdening or inconveniencing others, I think comes a kind of sub point of believing that others need help more than we do. Someone might be in a different situation to us and we see that particular situation as needing more support than ours does. I noticed that when my daughter was having her heart surgery, I was very able to ask for help because my situation was fairly dire at that point. But in day-to-day -day life, I, I feel like I'm in such a position of advantage and blessing and I kind of almost don't believe that I'm in a situation that is as needy as others might be in. So I should, again, that word should, I should be able to manage it all myself. I think that as women and as mothers, we're generally so geared to thinking of others before we think about ourselves. But we do need to look after ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally. And one of the strengths of self-care is actually 
that asking for help when you need it. Point number four, reason number four, and I also feel that I fit very clearly into this category, is that it often requires surrendering control to someone else when we ask for help. We might feel like it won't be done right. If you don't ask for help because you think that no one else can do what you do or can do it as well as you do it, that might well be true. But so what? (laughs) A job completed is still a job completed. It's still done. And sometimes we need to just accept that that is good enough. That is enough to see the job completed, even if it's not done the way that we would have done it or as well as we would have done it or whatever the case may be. Surrendering control to someone else can have such a huge impact on that relationship. It really can allow you to, as I said in the earlier point, to be generous with the tasks that you have, to let somebody into your life, to just be that little bit more vulnerable and to let go of control so that you can enjoy the other things that you are doing, so that you can keep your focus on one thing at a time. So these are four reasons why we might struggle to ask for help. If you felt a twinge of something when you listened to this episode, go back and find the part where it makes you feel that that kind of discomfort or where you recognized yourself. Take this, this kind of twinge, take this feeling to a coach or do some journaling around this so that you can get to know what is the belief for you around asking for help. You may not be able to precisely figure out where it came from, but I'm not really sure if that's as important as knowing what the belief is and then deciding what you want the belief to be. What does the belief need to be for you around asking for help that will allow you to do so? I know that the belief that I want to have is that when I ask for help, I'm creating a bridge between me and that person that I'm asking. A place where they can step into my life, where they can give and share, which they might really love to do. There's nothing wrong for me in asking for help. In fact, there's quite a lot wrong for me in not asking for help. It doesn't allow me to be the person that I want to be. It makes me flustered. It makes me feel fragmented and all over the place. It makes me impatient. It makes me irritable when I'm trying to do it all. So in this week, take some time to think about why you struggle to ask for help. And then join me in the next episode to see if you can practice doing it more often with the tools and ideas that I give you there around getting to the point that you can ask for help and how you can do so so that you get the help that you need. It is a real honor and a privilege for me to spend this time with you sharing what I have experienced and everything that I have learned. And it can get quite lonely on this side of the mic. So if you have enjoyed this podcast or if you've found anything useful in it, I would so appreciate if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It really lets me know that I actually am making an impact, which is the best thing for me. And if you know of any other mums that you think might like this podcast, any mums who are managing it all, so basically all of them, please share this podcast with them so that we can build a village of happy, healthy mums.